You're listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To learn more about the Collective Church in Portland, Oregon, and Vancouver, Washington, visit us online at thecollectivechurch.com. We're doing week number two of Heart Cross Crown, and we are on heart. I know you're like, what, that should be week one. Well, last week we did start, which was the the first message in the series that God gave us when we first planted the church, it was heart cross crown and it was intimacy, identity, and kingdom authority. Last week, um, pastor Jenny and I set the stage and we talked about the garden. We talked about how what happened with God's love, kicking Adam and Eve out of the garden. It was actually an act of love for humanity. And we talked about the rescue mission And that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So we laid the foundation of salvation, the shedding of blood, and and the the really our 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 theology when it comes to that as a church. So today we're gonna do heart, which is intimacy. And and if April and Tiffany could come up, I'm telling you, they slayed it last service. Slayed it. Like no pressure, but y'all slayed it. (coughs) I got lots of notes. Take notes, lots of notes. And what we're going to do is every single month, we are going to, during the 9 a.m. service, um, so the first week will be start every single month. Second week, heart, third, cross, fourth, crown, fifth Sundays will have off. But this is a way for discipleship to happen where we can bring, and here's what I would suggest. When you bring somebody to church, or when you lead somebody to the Lord in your workplace and you say, hey, come along with me to church, let's grow together. This, the, the classes are meant for a discipleship track. So you're just getting a preview. Now this is just a small preview and I would put money on the fact that they're gonna go off script and follow the Holy Spirit. I, in fact, I know that's gonna happen. And so, um, but with the class, there's an actual course and it's about an hour long and, and it's something where it's going to help you in your walk with Jesus. Does that sound good? And I know for me, when, when you know, Heather and I lead somebody to the Lord, it, we love having those, those resources to plug people in and say, here's a discipleship track. Not only are you going to meet Jesus, and not only are you going to find um, some discipleship um, of how we connect with God, but it's also how kind of the story of how our church came to be and what we believe here at the collective church. So it's exciting. Amen. So I'm going to pray and we're going to get started and it's going to be so good. And just, I'm, and, and, and I, and I, and I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Just do whatever Holy spirit asks you to do. And it's really good. Okay. Um, I will say this when it comes to intimacy, I just had a few words doing Christian things is not intimacy. It's not, that's not abiding. And I want to, I, one thing really quick before I pray, don't equate anointing with intimacy because it is just, you're like, well, I'm anointed because I'm intimate. No, you're anointed because the Bible said that Jesus ascended to heaven and he gave gifts, yep. meaning you're anointed because you're anointed just because of the grace of God and you just embrace it and say, it's like Ashton saying, I'm six, seven because of what I did. (laughs) No, it was in his genetic code, makeup and DNA for him to be six, seven. 
How could he brag about it or how could he belittle somebody who's little? And say, ha, look at you, shorty. I am 6'7". He had nothing to do with it. It was his mother and I. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is because we, no, no, just kidding. Um, no, but that, that's, that's what happens when it comes to gifts. God's just a dispenser of gifts. That's why you can listen to the radio and someone who doesn't love Jesus, not that we're the judge, but you hear what I'm saying, and you feel anointing. Yeah. And you're like, they're anointed. Like I hear Katy Perry sing, and I'm just like, oh, God. She's anointed. Watch her documentary. It's anointed. There's an anointing on her life. So anointing doesn't necessarily mean intimacy. Intimacy. Oh, anyways, I'm preaching your message. I'm sorry. Let's pray. Jesus. <laughs> would, you, would you two sit down so I can preach? No. Oh. By the way, if you haven't noticed yet, we believe in women preachers at the collective church. Just so. <laughs> okay, sure. We, we, uh, yeah, I won't even go there right now. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. Thanks for, for just showing up with your manifest presence this morning yeah. in a special way. God, I thank you for intimacy. I thank you for a fresh glimpse and revelation of, of how we see you, how we connect to you, and how we draw near to you. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone shout it out. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Pastor Ben and Pastor Heather. Pastor Heather, you want like another level, friend. Like another level. Like, come on. Wow. You're just, just, whew. I kept hearing when you were singing, let the, let the city hear you. Let the city hear you. You know, and like that's, and I want you to talk about what you talked about. Um, I know it's like, what did we even talk about? But um, in just a second, you'll, you'll know. But let the city hear you. Right? Praise and worship is is brought in here, but it's supposed to overflow out there. We're supposed to go out the doors. I was talking to um, my sweet girl, Hope, earlier this morning um, when she came in and, you know, just asking her how she's playing college volleyball and um, she's got my heart. <laughs> I love you so much. Um, but she is playing out Mount Hood and you know, I was just like, man, like, how is it going? And, you know, she's got so many stories and she's like, but I miss Monday nights and Monday nights is when we gather all the youth. And, you know, that's where a lot of these kids are, they're birthed and they're anointing and they're calling and they're, they're discipled there. And they, and then they get to go out. And I was like, baby girl, you are Monday night. You are, you're it. Like take Monday night to college, you know? And so like, I just want us to get that so deep in us that we are this experience out there. It's all of us. It's, it's an all hands on deck season right now. All hands on deck. Even all my favorites over here, all my, all my, all my boys, it's all hands on deck. You're needed right now for God. Because there's people that are hurting, they are broken, they don't know the hope that we have in Jesus. And so, um, touch on that just really quick, like what you just said last last Sunday, or like an um, hour ago. Yeah, like seven days ago. Um, I just, I think, I think what you're talking about is come, come lean in, come close today. Okay. We don't just want this to be just another message or just a thing that Tiffany and April do, 
right? We really, really feel like God wants to impart something. Anything that we have, we freely give you. Our secret history with the Lord, we offer it. So lean in today and receive what God wants to give you today. Amen. Yeah, and anytime you feel yourself pulling back, you know, intimacy is a little bit scary sometimes when you're not used to it with God. And so we can pull back, but just know that you can just draw back near to God. And guess what? He draws near back to you every time, every, every time. You know, when we were singing that song, um, Set a Fire in My Soul, which is a crazy song to sing. Like, do you know what we're declaring right there? Set a fire in my soul that I can't contain. I can't contain and I can't control. God's fire is an uncontrollable flame. And I'm like, man, like how much have we tried to put that little fire in a box? Remember the nursery school song, which I wasn't in nursery school. I wasn't in church school, but I've heard the song. It's, it's, um, you know, we don't light it, light our, and we hide it under a bushel. We don't light our light and hide it under a bushel, right? God gave us a fire that's inside of us that cannot be contained (laughs) or controlled. And so I'm on a journey personally to number one, keep my fire burning hot with Jesus. And number two, to not contain it. And I do some crazy stuff sometimes and I am not allowed to contain God. I, I just, it's <laughs> the stuff that he's asked me to do in my last, I don't know, I'll say 10 years. My last 10 years, really my, my first 10 years was my last 10. I mean, I'm pretty new at this whole thing in, in retrospect. I got saved when I was 26 years old. And um, about 12 or 13 years ago, I met the Holy Spirit. And the things that he has bid me to do is mind-blowing. The things I've had to say to people out of obedience so that they could find healing. I I mean, I've just spent a lot of time arguing (laughs) with God. Like, you want me to say that? You want, me, you want me to say that? You want me to go up to that big, giant, grown man over there, 45-year-old man, and say that God says he was a good little boy? What? God, no. Send my husband. He can do that. He can do that. And God's like, nope. Nope. And to see the heart of God hit grown men through just a simple word of God says you were a good little boy and to feel the breaking of their, just everything that they thought they were a disappointment of and just watching backs be healed because of that. Like what? God, you are amazing. I can't contain that. I can't control that. Like you are too good to control and to contain. The other thing that song says We'll just teach you on the worship side, okay? We'll just, just, (laughs) gosh. The other thing that song says is, um, 
we want more, we want more, right? We want more of you, God. And then it says, so pour it out, so pour it out. And every time, April, every single time I hear that, that verse, is it called a verse, a line, a lyric, whatever it's called, um, Every time I hear, it's like, I want more God. I want more God. And then I hear him say, then pour it out. Then pour it out. If you want more of me, then pour it out, Tiffany. Pour out all your junk. Pour out all of your doubt. Pour out all of your disappointment. Pour it out your anger. Pour it all out. And then you can have more of me. Pour it out. You guys, we come to these these intimacy encounters, we come to these worship services and we're like, fill me up, God, 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 fill me up, God. And he's like, just pour it out. Now that's double context. Okay. So pour it out, meaning pour out your junk, pull, pour out the dirty water. So then I can fill you. Right? Because I don't know how many of you have, have, have um, tried to, okay, I've experimented with this. When we moved into the retreat center at Crestview, we had like the industrial mop buckets, you know, like they have the things in them. You put the mop in it, you, and then, you, you know, you have to like do, fill it up with water and, and then it gets really dirty. It's gross. And, and so I like take the hose and I'm like pouring water into it, pouring water into it. It's so dirty. And I'm just like pouring, 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 pouring. And he goes, God's like, look at what you're doing. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I'm like, fill me up, God, fill me up, God, fill me up, God. Water, clean water's going to the bucket, going to the bucket, going to the bucket. Guess what's not happening? Guess the bucket is not getting clean. There's, it's not getting clean. It's just getting a little bit less dirty. I don't want to be a little bit less dirty. I want to be clean. I want to be holy. I want to be set apart. And there's some dirty things in there, you guys. To think that we are fine, that we are good, that is the worst place to be in your Christian walk. I'm telling you, it's the worst place to be. God, search my heart. Search my heart. That's the place. It's the place where I thought, man, I'm good. Like, everything's good. Ah, it's like, oh, it's all exciting. That's the place where I almost got killed. Every time my, my spirit crushed, my, my, my joy crushed, my intimacy with Christ crushed my, I mean, just, just destruction has happened in my life when I've been good. Okay. And we're a truth telling church. So I need to tell you the truth. When I was good, when things were going good, boom, that means like she ain't looking pop every time. Every time. But when, when we're low and we're in humility and we're humbled before the Lord, he can't get us there, you guys. And I've lived that out. I've tried it both ways. And it really sucks to get your face knocked in every, every, every second from the enemy. It does. Because it makes you feel like you can, then can't, you can't preach the gospel. You can't pray for someone. You can't do that because your water's dirty. Because you're good. It's just whatever. Okay, so God showed me in that moment with the water. He showed me I'm filling up the bucket, filling up the bucket. It's not getting clean. It's kind of overflowing now, right? There's some overflow. And so it's kind of starting to clean itself out a little bit. And God just goes, just dump out the water. I hear him just like that in my ear. Just dump out the water. And I was like, oh, 
And he was just showing, he was just showing me this. And so I, I pick up the bucket and it's like a big, you know what I'm talking about? The mop buckets and you got to hold the handle. But then if you hold it wrong, then the thing comes off and then you spill it all over yourself and it's a mess. And so I'm like trying to pick up this bucket. I'm like, where's Jeremy? Why am I mopping the floor by myself? Anyways, I'm such a baby. Okay. So, <laughs> so I, I pick up the bucket and dump it out. And then he goes, now put the water in it as it's, as it's dumping. And he's like, boom, it's all clean. Just like that. And what I've seen, what I've, what I've just witnessed in myself and in all of us is that we have this mindset of, I'm going to bring all my junk in. I'm going to worship kind of, but I can't even really worship because I have so much stuff that I'm still trying to hold on to. And I'm just like, fill me up, God, change me, God, change, like, just do all that stuff, God, all the stuff that we're singing about, they're talking about, just do all that stuff to me, God. He's like, would you just give it all to me? Would you just dump it out? Yeah, I know that crap's in there. And yeah, I know that that's in there. And just dump it out. So I want to encourage you. This is your first time, maybe your last time. I'm not going to prophesy that or whatever in this house. Get in the habit of dumping out what's in your heart. We are not able to hold on to the pain and the trauma and the hurt that we've put people through, that we've put ourselves through, and that we've been put through. We can't handle that without God. Dump it out. Okay? All right. Jesus' name. Should I read that one scripture? Okay. Okay. That was all prophetic, by the way. You guys have to know that you're in a prophetic house, which means that we say what God's saying. Pastor Ben, when he gets up here, he doesn't prepare a big lengthy message for months and months on end or go to his file cabinet. He gets up here and he says what God has said to him all week long. If you look at his notes, it's what God is saying. It's not it's not, oh, let me study this and this would sound really good. And then I'm going to come up with a keynote about it, which is fine if you want to get really bored with yourself. God told me, listen, okay, truth telling. God told me the other day, I was journaling with him and I was asking him some tough things. I was like, God, why do I feel like this? Like, why is everything boring? I did. I'm sorry. Every, like everything in my life has this like gray cloud over it. I'm like, why is everything boring? And he goes, Tiffany, you're bored with you. I was like, okay, that's easy enough. I was like, okay, check. So, so guess what that means? I'm like, okay, what do you want me to do about that? God, I ask him another question. This is intimacy, by the way. This is relationship, by the way, God, why am I feeling like this? He says it. And I'm like, Never thought about that. And then I, I can't just take that and go, I don't know. But I take it and I go, what do you mean? Like, what do you want me to do with that? And he goes, start working out. And I'm like, okay, that's not boring. Okay. And then he's like, okay, and then do this and do that. And I'm like, okay, that sounds fun. And he goes, and oh, by the way, have fun with your family. Plan things that are fun. Then you won't be bored. And I'm like, wow. Do you see what I'm saying? Like light bulb. I couldn't figure that out by myself. I just thought everything sucked around me. How many of y'all felt like that? 
Church sucks. Monday nights suck. My bedroom sucks. My hair sucks. Everything sucks. Has anybody ever been there? Come on. You know you have. So don't just sit in it. Dump the bucket out. God, this sucks. Why does it suck? He goes, well, you're bored with yourself. Okay, well, thank you. Pastor Ben's not boring. You know, I'm just saying, just take that with, that's nothing. Just right here. <laughs> I just overcompensated that whole thing. Sorry. Anyways, um, but you have to intern, you have to go internal. I walk through the doors. I'm, I'm irritated. God, why am I irritated? Is that person really bugging me? Or am I bugging me? Like we have to look on the inside of us. We have to. This is critical to our Christian walk because if we don't, if we don't, you'll step into everything that God has for you and the enemy will knock you sideways because you thought it was you. You thought you were now good enough because you're doing all these things. And now you're, now you're good enough to preach on the stage instead of, God, I just want to be with you. And then whatever you want to do with that, that's what I'll do. If it's holding the microphone, if it's standing back there, if it's going to the football game, if it's whatever, God, I just want to be with you. So I want to do what you want me to do. And then he will do the things that he wants you to do. And it's never you. You partner with him, but you're not good enough. I'm not good enough. Let's make that very clear. Jesus is the one. <laughs> Jesus is the one that gets the glory every time. So in that place of humility, we get to give him glory. I want to be the person that is, and I'll hand it to you. Um, I want to be the person that is, like people look at me and go, she's been with Jesus. Not, oh my gosh, she's so amazing. Gross. Like you get bored of yourself real quick. Trust me. I want, I want them to say, wow, like Jesus, Jesus speaks to you. You've been with him. And I read, I, I, I usually stumble upon cool stuff in scripture because, um, I heard it from one, one pastor, uh, that said, I think it was Bill Johnson. He said, read until he speaks. Read your Bible until he speaks to you. So most of the time I just like stumble upon stuff and I'm like, whoa, that's in there. Are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> so it says the teaching, this is an Acts. You can open there if you want, or you can just listen. Sometimes we get distracted with our own selves. Sometimes you just have to listen to stuff. Even in worship, sometimes I just have to listen. I can't even sing because I just have to like let God sing over me. <clears throat> There's no right or wrong way to do intimacy with God. The only wrong is not. Okay. Um, it's kind of like wanting to get in shape and like get muscles and stuff. And then you never go to the gym or never work out or never do a push up or you're like, oh, I want to be, I want to do all this stuff. And you're like, well, just don't have time. Like, wow. Okay. That's not going to work out too well. The teaching and preaching of Peter and John angered the priests. <laughs> last, last service, I was like, the teaching and preaching of April and Tiffany angered everybody. <laughs> the captain of the temple police and representatives of the Jewish sect of Sadducees, they were furious 
that the people were being taught that in Jesus, there's a resurrection from the dead. That water that's dirty, that's dead. It needs to be resurrected. Okay, by the way, back to the water in the bucket. Some of you guys got to dump some stuff out today. I'm just prophesying that in advance. Just get ready. You're going to have to dump it out, okay? Um, and it's going to be easy. It's super simple. <clears throat> All right, don't be mad. It's fine. In fact, mad's in your bucket. Some of you have mad in your bucket, little, little fireman named mad. I had him. He was, in, he was in my bucket. It's okay. I can see him. It's okay. Mad, you're going to be okay. We're just going to dump you out, give you to Jesus. You're going to be just fine. All right. Um, <laughs> they were furious that the people were being taught that in Jesus there's a resurrection from the dead. So while Peter and John were still speaking, the Jewish authorities came to the temple courts to oppose them. They had them arrested. And since it was already evening, they kept them in custody till the next day. Imagine, imagine literally people like, the cops are here, guys. Sorry, got to go to jail for what I just said. You know, like, could you imagine the scene? Like what in the world? They're preaching Jesus and they get arrested. Like, the Bible's crazy, y'all. Like, we have, we have no idea. I mean, put it into context. It's pretty radical. All right. Um, they had them arrested. They kept them till the next day. Yet there were many in the crowd who believed the message, bringing the total number of men who, who believed to nearly 5,000. I would say it's worth it at that point. The next day, many Jewish leaders, religious scholars and elders and whatever else you want to call them, the Pharisees, the really cool preacher guys that know everything great to say and, you know, all the really awesome people that know a whole lot more than I do. <laughs> I just am like, man. <laughs> they convened a meeting about them in Jerusalem. So now they're going to have a meeting. They're going to meet up and they're going to talk about these two crazy people talking about Jesus. Ananias, the high priest, was there. Saphis, John, Alexander, and others who were members of the high priest family. They made P Peter and John stand in front of the council, question them, saying, tell us by what power and authority have you done these things? I remember, um, actually, we got asked that last year in football, didn't we? Silas laid his hands on somebody's, somebody's legs. His, the legs grew out. He got healed immediately right on the football field. Pastor Jeremy and Madden and Silas are all praying, Asa. And one of the coaches called and said, Silas can't do that. By what authority does he have? He can't grow somebody's leg out. He can't do that. Literally happened. And we said, we know it's okay. It's okay. We, we remember the first time we saw a leg grow out. It's okay. You're in church, right? Yeah, my whole life. Okay. I'm sorry that you haven't seen miracles yet. You're going to see a lot more. It's okay. We had so much compassion for that man because it was like, man, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you didn't know that Jesus could heal a little boy on the football field right then and there, that he's that good. Guess what happened? That man is standing at the end of the year football team meeting in front of all the parents, in front of all the players, in front of all the coaches, crying, saying, my faith was completely changed by watching these boys pray for each other and lay hands on the sick and seeing them recover. Everything about my Christian walk has changed. And he's crying and testifying 
what happened? I'm like, oh God, was it worth it? Was it worth it to feel silly and go, I don't know. Let's just see what God's going to do. Let me just pray for you. Do you know how silly that feels? Who's done that? Who, keep your hand up if you felt silly right beforehand. Look around the room. Keep your hand up. Yes. Every time you will feel silly, is it going to be worth it? Yes. Do it anyways. All right. Thank you for being honest with me. You guys are such a good family. All right. They made Peter San John. Okay. Da, 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 da. All right. Let me see here. Okay, so they made Peter and John stand in front of the council. So imagine like Silas and Madden being brought up and all of us are judging them and saying, okay, well, boys, tell us by what power and authority you have to do these things. And imagine these boys saying this. That's what I always think of. And I just, oh, like, thank you, God. Silas and Madden filled with the Holy Spirit said, respected coaches and leaders of our team, listen, Are we being put on trial today for doing an act of kindness by healing a crippled man? Well then, you and everyone else in Israel should know that it is by the power of the name of Jesus that this crippled man stands here today completely healed. You are the one that crucified Jesus. (laughs) But God has raised him from the dead and this Jesus is the stone that you The builders have rejected, and now he has become the cornerstone. There is no one else who has the power to save us, for there is only one name who God has given authority to, by which we must experience salvation. The name is Jesus. Guess what happened next? The council members were astonished (laughs) as they witnessed the bold, courageous um, act of Peter and John, Silas and Madden, Asa, Ashton. Like y'all are, you guys are all laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. Come on, all these teens. Come on. All right. Um, especially when they discovered, okay, they were astonished when they discovered, get this, that they were just ordinary men who never had any religious training. Can I get an Amen. Dump out your religious training. Dump it out. <sighs> then, this is my favorite part. This is, what, this is how I want to be. Jesus, help me. Help us. Then they begin to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply. By spending time with him. Oh, Jesus. Standing there with them was the healed man. There was nothing else that they could say. The other translation says, when they observed the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated, untrained men, they were amazed and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Let us be recognized for being with Jesus. Let us be the church outside of these walls that have been with Jesus. And I say that with complete humility because I have done things that have not shown that I have been with Jesus. 
But with repentance and healing and dumping out the bucket, it, God says that his mercies are new every morning. Do you know what the word mercy means? <laughs> me, me not getting what I deserve. I don't get what I deserve. I deserve hell. <clears throat> Let me say that again. I deserve hell. I do not get what I deserve because of Jesus. His mercy is new every single morning. That means every day we get to wake up and go, God, your mercy's, your mercy's new every single morning. And I get to walk in a clean bucket. Let me dump that out. Let me dump out whatever got in there yesterday. Let me dump in, dump out whatever got in there last week. And I am going to take responsibility for my heart. We all have to take responsibility for our own heart and be able to dump out the things that don't belong there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> wow. So good, Tiff. It's amazing. I love what she said that we live it out all week long. We live it out all week long. We don't live church out. We live intimacy out. They took note that they had been with Jesus. They didn't take note that they went to the temple. They didn't take note that they went to a church. They took note that they'd been with Jesus. We want to be a church. We want to be a people. We want to be a family that people recognize we've been with Jesus. I see something on you. I see something different on you. It's not like what other people carry. You've been with Jesus. Did you know the New Testament church would come together in order to celebrate what had happened Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then they met on Saturday, so you know, whatever. But the point is, they met together and it was like this huge celebration. It was not, I'm coming so Pastor Ben can pour into me so that I can be okay for the next six days. And then I drag myself in here again on Sunday morning and I'm like, whoo, I made it through the week. That is not church. You do not get here and be like, Pastor Ben, feed me. We do not go to church to get fed. If I hear one more person say, I'm going to leave a church and I'm not getting fed, not this church, just church in general. <laughs> For real. Because we've been with Jesus Monday through Saturday. So when we come in on Sunday, it's a party. We're here to celebrate what you've done all week long, Jesus. We're here to celebrate the portal that was at City Awakening. We're here to celebrate healings. We're here to celebrate miracles. We're here to celebrate the fact that you showed up in moments that I never expected you to show up. I was um, doing some self-care, guys. I was getting a massage a few weeks ago. And um, the lady who was my massage therapist starts talking. And I realize that her heart is like searching. Searching for someone to mentor her. Searching for someone to disciple her. Searching. And I just said, do you want to go out for coffee sometime? And she just... 
people are longing for intimacy. They're longing for connection. They're longing to have a little bit of the Jesus that's been deposited inside of you. That's why we take it to the football fields because it starts somewhere. Fruitfulness flows out of intimacy. If these guys, Silas, if he didn't know how to seek the Lord and pray, if he wasn't in Monday nights, if he wasn't learning, if he wasn't being discipled, if his parents weren't showing him how to pray, don't just leave it to the church, y'all. Teach your kids how to pray. It was flowing out of relationship with Jesus. It wasn't an act. It wasn't what he thought he should do. We are on a mission at this church to get rid of the should do's. Must be seen as. That is not, if, if you're here for that kind of church, you know. That's not what we're about. We're about, do you know Jesus? Does he know you? Into me, see? You know, I love the story of Nathaniel. There's a story that um, Jesus was talking to his disciples and Nathaniel's brother goes and gets him. And he's like, come and see the one. Come and see. This is the one. It's the one. It's the one. Come and see him. Nathaniel's like a little skeptical. He's like, oh, how, 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 do, you, how do you figure? <laughs> right? I don't know. I don't know if this is the one. And he shows up. And Jesus is like, I know you. I saw you under the fig tree. I don't know if you know this or not, but fig trees were a symbol. They were actually, this. it was almost like it made a tent. The fig tree's branches would hover over and it would make a secret place. You see, Nathaniel just wasn't like, oh, sitting under a fig tree. No, he was in the secret place. And it was almost like Jesus said, you've been with the Father. I recognize you've been with someone. And he saw Nathaniel. He saw him. Holy Spirit sees us. He sees you. He sees you right where you're at right with all your muddy water and everything, <laughs> right with all your self-righteousness, with all our religious junk, all of it. He sees, he sees, he sees, and he sees you. He sees past all that stuff and he gets right into the core of you. You don't have to clean yourself up before you come to him. He sees you. That's intimacy. He's calling us. He's calling us in to a deeper place this morning. Wherever you're at with the Lord, I really felt this strongly. If you've been around church all your life, or if you're new to church, the Lord is saying, come up closer. 
come a little closer. Do you know there's always more? Oh my gosh. There's always more. There's always more. When I listen to Don Potter, I'm like, I don't even know God. I, I don't even know. What have I been doing for 25 years? I'm like, whoa, there's more. There's so much more. Come up higher. Come and see. Come and see. The Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3, he's um, in the beginning of the chapter, he's talking about all the cool things he's done for the Lord. You know, when we do that, right? Jesus, you know what I did? You know what I did? You know what I've done? You know I've been there. That's what Paul's doing. He's saying, remember all this stuff that I did. I went to Bible school. I learned all this stuff. I went to every single intensive. I was there. He was zealous for God. He thought he was doing the right thing when he was killing Christians. He really did. He was zealous until God arrested his heart. And then he realized he was fighting on the wrong side. But the reality is even all of those things he did, he was doing unto God. And Paul says this, but whatever I gained, I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. So if y'all don't know, rubbish is trash. That's the British way, right? The rubbish. Um, but also, it's actually a stronger word than that. It's actually a word I can't say from the microphone. It's poop. It's crap. He says, everything I did, everything I ran after, everything I pursued, even in the name of God, is nothing compared to knowing Jesus. To know him, to know him, to know him, to know him. Face-to-face intimacy. Moses kind of intimacy. The kind of intimacy where God says, I will come so close to you. The Bible says that God talked to Moses face-to-face. And that actually, in the Hebrew, it means nose-to-nose. There's only one person that can be that close to me. God says, I want to be that close to you. I want to be nose to nose with you. Do you know the Israelites all had the opportunity to go to the tent of meeting with Moses? Go home, read the story. Exodus 32. They all had the opportunity. They all could see the glory. In fact, the glory cloud descended on the tent of meeting. Day after day, they could see it from a distance. 
And the Bible says that no one else went. Moses was there and his assistant Joshua was there. And who do you think God wanted to find when he was looking for a new leader? The one that was in the tent. Everyone else had the opportunity to go to the glory cloud. Everyone else was extended the invitation. And do you know what the Bible says? They all stood at the door of their own tent. And they watched Moses go meet with God. But do you know, we are new covenant. (laughs) And the Bible actually says, how much more the glory of the new covenant? How much more? That means whatever Moses has, what? I get to have more? One time I heard someone say, you can be as close to God as you want to. Let that sink in for a second. You can be as close to God as you want to. We want to know God, not just his deeds. We want to know him, not just what he does, not his acts, but his ways, his heart, his nature, who he is. We want to look into his eyes. We want to see him face to face. It's not about checking off a box and having our quiet time and, you know, like making sure we get that hour in or I don't know about you the devil always tries to tell me it's not enough whatever I did wasn't enough I'm like I spent two hours it wasn't enough sorry probably didn't get like totally everything (laughs) I spent five minutes definitely not enough (laughs) it's not about a time it's not about checking it off your box it's not about religion it's about, do you, do you want to be with him? Do you, do you want to be with him? Do you want to spend time with him? Do you want to get in the spirit? And by that, I don't just mean praying in tongues, but yes, please pray in tongues. Pray in the spirit. Are y'all awake? Pray in the spirit. The music started, everybody just went, ah, we're almost done. No, stay with me, stay with me. Pray in the Spirit. Engage in the Spirit. The Bible says that John was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I don't think he was just praying in the Spirit. I think he was in the Spirit. His heart was engaged with the Spirit of God. Moving with the Spirit of God. In the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. What is Holy Spirit saying? What does that look like? What is Holy Spirit saying? What are you seeing? What do you like? I love the example Tiffany gave about journaling. Journal questions to the Lord. And here's a novel idea. Wait for an answer. Listen. He wants to talk to you. Journal back and forth. Sometimes I use a red pen. Oh, God's talking to me. It's like my teacher, you know? (laughs) I'll switch pens. 
Change it up. Spice it up. It's a relationship. Go do fun things. When I was first learning about intimacy with the Lord, I remember I was like, I was I'm very literal sometimes. And um, I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on dates with Jesus. So I decided <laughs> I was going to go on dates with Jesus and I would take my journal and I would go to a coffee shop and I would have a conversation with Jesus. I started doing this like pretty regularly in my walk with the Lord early on. And suddenly I would start showing up at these places and there'd be a rose on the table. And I'm like, somebody leave that there or like literally it happened multiple times. God is intimate. He is personal. He loves you. He sees you. He wants to commune with you. It's not about religion or rules. It's not about performance. It's not about I should have done better. Yeah. Tiff just said he gives you the desire. He gives you. It takes God to love God. <laughs> feel anything, ask him for feelings for him. Ask him for it. Yeah. Yeah. If I want to date from with my husband, I can probably wait a long time. <laughs> Sorry, babe. <laughs> I mean, we're just getting to the point where it's like, babe, can we just go on a date? Like I can ask him for a date. Yeah. I can. And then I can say, Hey, and here's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna be like, happy to do it. Trust me. It's good. Yeah. That's okay. I'm going to finish with, with this. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I'm going to finish with this passage of scripture. It's from the Song of Songs. So I told the first service, put on your stretchy pants. Do you know what I mean by that? We're going to stretch a little bit. We don't normally read this on Sunday morning. This is like reserved for a different occasion. (laughs) This is Jesus. This is an allegory of Jesus and his bride, which is his church. We're getting ready. We're getting ready. He's getting ready. He's getting ready. I loved that this morning, Heather. And you know what I heard in worship? I heard, and my heart burns for you. I heard the heart of Jesus burning for his bride. How hard is it to wait to get married? How hard is it when you're engaged and you're like, oh, I just want to be with you all the time. That's his heart towards us. I'm burning for you. I'm waiting for you. I want to be with you. I want to know you and I want you to know me. Arise, my love. Open your heart. This is Jesus talking to the bride. Arise, my love. Open your heart. My darling, deeper still, will you receive me this dark night? There is no one else but you, my friend, my equal. What? This blows my mind that Jesus calls us his friend. He calls us a partner. I need you this night to arise and come and be with me. You are my pure. He sees us pure. 
loyal dove, my perfect partner, my flawless one. Will you arise? For my heaviness and tears are more than I can bear. I have spent myself for you. And the bride says, I have already laid aside my garments for you. How could I take them up again? I have yielded my righteousness to yours. You have cleansed my life and taken me so far. Catch this. Isn't that enough? Don't we say that sometimes? Like, God, haven't we gone far enough? Haven't you required enough of me? Christy and I were talking. Have we died enough yet? (laughs) Have I not died enough yet? Have I not gone through the crushing enough yet? My beloved reached into me and unlocked my heart. The core of my very being trembled at his touch. How my soul melted when he spoke to me. My spirit arose to open for more of his touch. This is where we're at right now. My spirit arose to open. Open up you ancient gates that the king of glory may come in. We are the we are the gates. We are the portals. <laughs> we are the doors. What is ancient but our soul? Open up you ancient gates, right? I surrendered to him. I began to sense his fragrance, the fragrance of his suffering love. Jesus, we want to open up our hearts to know you more. Tiffany, I think you should lead us first in dumping out some stuff. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Jesus, we need you. Just close your eyes if you haven't yet. Let's put your affection on Jesus, the one who cares for you, unlike anyone else can care for you. Jesus. He's coming close. Some of you have never felt his presence. Jesus, would you come? Holy Spirit, would you come and cover your people? Come. I want you just to look at look at your bucket inside your mind right now. And just see everything that's in there. Sometimes it's hard to look at. the safety of his presence right now. Once you see it, it's hard to just keep it in there. Just let the tears fall. It's okay. It's okay to not want something anymore. It's okay to want to be free. 
God isn't here to fix you. Nobody's here to fix you. But I am going to encourage you to let it go. Let it go to grab something more, the more of God. Some of you have unforgiveness in that bucket. And the Greek, the Greek word for unforgiveness, the meaning of it is let it go. Doesn't mean you have to grab onto that person again or have a relationship with them. But you're holding on to something that you're not meant to hold on to. So God's beckoning you right now to let it go. Let it go. And on the count of three, I just, in your mind, just want you to dump out that bucket. We're all going to dump out our buckets right now. We're going to let them cleanse us. One, two, three. Let all of it come out, out of your heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The fresh water enters. <laughs> he just sprays out the rest of that dirt that didn't come out with the dump. <laughs> Thank you, God, for cleansing our hearts. Thank you for searching us. Thank you. Jesus, we need you desperately. We need you desperately. I, I ask that a spirit of repentance comes over this church right now in the name of Jesus. I ask God that we repent for not needing you. God, I repent for not needing you. God, I repent. I know I need you. I am nothing without you. Father of lights, come. Help us need you, God. Help us. Forgive us for our unbelief. Forgive us, God. Jesus is coming to some of you for the very first time right now. And he's asking you to grab his hand. And he's saying, will you walk with me? Will you walk with me? And if that's you, I just want you to grab his hand and feel the love that he's always had for you. Since you were in your mother's womb, you have been wanted and chosen and accepted by the King of Kings. You've always been wanted by God. Just accept him, accept his love. God, we want you. All of this is for you. If you did that today for the first time and you, and you took Jesus by the hand and you invited him in, it says that heaven celebrates. Heaven celebrates, all of heaven celebrates your salvation, you being willing to be made new. And it says in Ezekiel that he takes out our heart of stone and replaces it with a heart of flesh. 
If you're not feeling things, there's something wrong with that. God, give us a heart of flesh that feels. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We just release grace for intimacy. Grace for moments this week, God, where we connect with you heart to heart, nose to nose. I pray, God, that there would be moments throughout our day and we just feel the tug of your Holy Spirit saying, come and be with me. Lord, I ask that you would give us ears to hear when you're calling us. God, that we would sense that knock at the door like we read about. God, that we would sense you pulling us, calling us, drawing us into your heart, God. I just release grace to have those moments. I release heaven over this congregation today. I release heaven. I release heaven. I release heaven. It's accessible for you. Heaven is accessible for you. God, I just ask for those intimate moments this week. God, I ask that we would have intimate moments Monday through Saturday, and we would come back on Sunday ready to rejoice in what you've done. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To find out more, visit thecollectivechurch.com.